you had to be there. <laughs> Where? You know, we did try warning you. We tried, you know, giving you some disclaimers. We tried giving you some invites. We tried. But it seems to me that, you know, y'all didn't take us serious. You know, Mashoon was recently in New York City, you know, the greatest city of all time in the mm-hmm. whole world. And we had our first ever showcase together in New York, ever, actually, in general. First sold out showcase. Mm-hmm. Mushun and I, we had our art next to each other. He had this grand scroll poster. Yeah, it was a big boy. That was, was a the, big boy. the main entry. It was going from the top banister to the bottom floor. It was the main event. <laughs> and then on top of that, to really, to really seal it in, this man pulls out the most wondrous spoken word poetry that you could think uh, of. Come on. He did five minutes plus of just poetry. Yeah, like six. And you can catch that in my YouTube video coming wow. up this week. <laughs> but that's going, he did that's that going in front the, of that's going in the YouTube. It's going. I'm, parts I'm, of it I'm are making, going in the YouTube. I'm making the YouTube. Come on, he made the YouTube since day one. Wow. But yeah, he did that in front of 200 plus people. People came to meet us. He took my books to sell. His little head spun. <laughs> Listen, know, I I put it. in I put in a big ass order for my pop up, which you know I'll I'll uh, you know plug yeah. in a second. Um, <laughs> but I bought a bunch of books for my pop up, and they were supposed to come up like three days before I went to New York, and they didn't. And well, I tried I tried buying a bunch for a low price. The price wasn't changing. Couldn't get it in time, so I took you know lovely Mo- Mahuas because you know. She had just five copies laying around. Of course so she if you got any books at the pop up, just know that yeah. they're actually mine. It was I they're think it was only mine. like it was Radia and it was like some other guy. Shout out to Radia. Yeah. But anyway, you just had to be there. We had the time of our lives. My mom was there for the whole event. She was more popular than me. She loved meeting you guys. We loved meeting you guys. So thank you so much for coming. Yeah. You know, we can't wait to do more things like this in twenty twenty three. We already got some things in our mind about what we can incorporate the podcast into, you know, with also New York City vibes, with oh. also just like a networking event. <laughs> relax, relax. I don't want to give too much away. Relax, but it's relax, relax. You're giving out too much. It's coming. All right. Anyways, welcome back to our podcast called Difficult Dish, a podcast about different South Asian narratives. Well, it's been a while since I did the intro. Oh, yeah. I'm Mohua. And my name is Mashnoon. Yep. So if you guys don't already follow us on the TikTok, I hate to break it to you, but Mashoon actually posted a banger the other day. Yeah. A 1.5 and counting million ba- banger. I don't know where that came so from. So come come through and follow us before it's too late. Yeah. You know, we, we warned you about the pop-up. You didn't come through. So now I'm warning you again about the TikTok. Make sure to follow us on that. And then also make sure to follow us on our Instagram where we're very yeah. active. We post like every single day on our yeah. social medias. And yeah, you can always join in on our episodes before yeah. we post so you can, you know, give us some feedback and some answers and responses. Yeah. But anyway, what are we talking about today? You wait, know? wait, wait. Before we move on, the craziest part, I made that TikTok in five seconds. Blew up. Yeah, he did. How'd that happen? Yeah. How'd that happen? You know, just that handsome face, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Anyways, That's all it takes. Um, quick, quick plug. Um, I'm having my own uh, art slash poetry showcase in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, he is. If yep. I have any lovely listeners in Orlando, in Tampa, Miami, mm. Jacksonville, Daytona, you know, Daytona, we'll go up to Atlanta, you go up in Atlanta, yeah. you know, Richmond, Virginia, you know, mm. any of those places, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah come, no problem. Come check me out. Come check me out Saturday. Um, It's a day after you're listening to this. If you're listening to this the day that it came out, <laughs> um, yeah, find details on my Instagram if you guys want to come, but please come. Regardless of wherever you were at, because, you know, I might be performing some poetry. I don't know. I'll see. Hey, yo, Anyways. Hey. Um, we're in our art era. We're in our yeah, art. Yeah, for real. That's what, that's, what this year, that's what this year is for me. Yeah, yeah. Inshallah. Big art guy. Anyway, what are we talking about for our episode today? Today, we're talking about a very, you know, um, very soothing topic. A very, you know, on the, on the, on the topic soothing. of, you know, talking about arts. Talking about, you know. Wow. We're talking about reading. Today we're talking yeah. about reading. Today we're talking about literature. Um, the the day of my flight back from New York, me and Mo were uh, sitting at a little coffee shop, both reading our little books. I was drinking yeah. a little hot chocolate. She was drinking a little chai coffee, and um, it was a nice it was a nice time, right? It's a nice That's time. A top tier date. Top, top tier, tier date. date. We were chilling. We were hanging out. Date. And um, 
I love reading. I don't do it too yeah. much. I don't do it too much. I'll be honest. I don't think I've ever seen him read in my life before <laughs> that day. I, I do a lot of <laughs> online reading, all right? Doing uh this whole book hand, book holding thing. It's not really my His vibe. Online reading consists of reading lyrics. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I read, reading some I, articles about better up. I don't read articles about better up. But I do a lot of article reading. Big article reader guy. Big big uh, uh, Twitter reader. Read a lot on Twitter. <laughs> Twitter guy. <laughs> and um just a lot of poetry you know whether it's like on instagram on my phone like through videos through whatever i consume a lot of poetry um Mm. but uh he is a poet yeah and um you know i used to uh i used to be a big uh book holder reader um i mean when i was like you know 14 15 16 17 um but i grew out of it i don't know i i just like i get i get really fidgety and and i'll i'll be holding i noticed i'll be holding like the paper the the paper and the page and i'll be like man i don't like how this paper feels and then i'll just be like mm-hmm. playing with it a lot and then i don't know i just get really fidgety you're a kindle guy you're a kindle guy no not even a, a kindle, kindle guy. guy or an audiobook guy that's why i'm a poetry guy because poetry is just you know short sweet you know like you oh yeah you know so this for this episode we wanted to talk about first why literature and you know books are so important in our culture why is it so heavy in south asian culture why is it you know something that our parents grew up with so heavily and our grandparents and then we want to talk about you know our favorite like south asian books our favorite children of immigrants books because honestly i don't know about you but in the past year and a half ish mostly year honestly i think i started this kick last year i've been on this like south asian wave where i've been trying to consume as much south yeah, asian literature she's been doing media a lot as of possible that. she's been doing a yeah lot of that. i don't know like it feels like a hole in my heart has been filled a void in my heart because honestly like after or like during my undergrad i got my degree in english so i was doing a lot of reading a lot of spark noting mm-hmm. actually you know why why lie i was doing a lot of spark noting for you know classics literature very white based you know stories that i really do not care about yeah and i had to write a lot of essays on that because of that i did not have time to read the own stories that i wanted to read and you know i didn't know of any stories beyond just like the white centric books right so after i graduated undergrad and graduated from grad school i i don't know how i got introduced to it i think it was through the author amy tan but I found this one book once I got my library membership at the Queen's Library and I just went crazy. I read one book and it was like an Asian American perspective. And I was like, where have I been this my whole life? Like what mm. have this has been like, you know, I've been deprived. So now I've just been on a wave. I've been trying to recommend good books to you guys on my social media. And I'm just excited to do a little, you know, podcast. I feel like this is the last place that i have to do it like i already made a youtube yeah. video about it i already made yeah. many instagram videos <laughs> many true. tiktoks like this is the last place That's you true. know at this point i'm I'm about to make a whole new social media just to post wow. more book reviews what's it called blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> never ask me a question ever again. that's the first thing you thought of really <laughs> nothing better that's okay but i'm ready i'm ready yeah i could tell so so why do you think that literature and books are so prevalent in south asian culture but also specifically your culture like your family your culture culture. your family because we recently had an episode with nuhash our guest for and um his father is a very famous director writer his mom is also a poet and we were talking about how both of our families like our parents and um mashun's parents we both have like books from his age and like his um parents and stuff and we talked about how big of an influence they had on our family members so why do you think you know literature is such a big deal um i think you know a lot of uh a lot of our parents a lot of our bangladeshi parents growing up in you know the 70s 80s during the uh just the revolution there was a lot of you know they expressed themselves artistically they expressed themselves through mm. through art through music through film through writing it's just a big it's always been a big part of our culture for indian people of course it's you know bollywood bollywood probably um inspired so many people for however long bollywood has been around it gives south asian people and brown skinned people just an opportunity to celebrate the arts and um i remember when i when i wrote my book my dad said something like oh 
I used to write books like this all the time when I was in college, like just for fun, like just like little chat books. They're called chat books, mm-hmm. like, pa- like books from like 12 to 20 pages or something. And um, mm. yeah, I used to be like, yeah, man, I, I used to I used to make a bunch of these. And, you know, my dad, uh, you know, got his master's, his bachelor's and master's in um in English and literature. And he's always loved writing. You know, my house. He's just he- like me. Yeah. And you, you've seen my house. My house is just flooded with books. And it used to be flooded with even more. It Your used- house literally looks like a museum. Yeah, it looks like a freaking library in there. I have so many mm-hmm. books. And a lot of them are in Bangla. I don't even understand it. But I also have like, I have books on like Bill Clinton. I have books on like Princess Diana. <laughs> I have books on freaking butterflies. It's everything in my house. Um, and, yeah. you know, my mom too, of course. My mom was always a big reader. And I think for me specifically, um, if you're an avid listener, you would know that I used to live right next to a Barnes and Noble. When I mean right next to, I literally mean like you could not leave my neighborhood unless you. He basically lived inside of it. Right. Um, It's not a it's not a a Barnes and Noble anymore. Unfortunately, it's a Planet Fitness now. Boo. But when I when it was around. I honestly didn't go too much until I got older, but my sister went like every single day and my dad and my mom went like every single day just to like walk around. I would always get a little vanilla bean and get a little Junie B. Jones book and just sit in the corner and just read <laughs> Junie B. Jones. <laughs> little Goosebumps book. Y'all remember the, y'all remember the unfortunate series of unfortunate events? Yeah. Yeah. I used to have that game on, on uh, the Game Boy. No, I didn't even know that was a game. Yeah. Now you know. You know, it's so crazy. I also like loved books growing up and then like. I ended up working in the elementary school oh, yeah. that I grew up in, and I started working yeah. at the library there. Yeah, I started so working at that Barnes and Noble circle. too. Ah, yeah, I didn't even realize that. Full that circle. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I started working at that Barnes and Noble um, when I was eighteen. Worked in a little coffee shop in there. It was my first coffee shop job, um, and it was so fun. I there were like yeah. one customer an hour. I just sat. I just sat behind the uh, the register and just read books all day. It was a really good time. I remember I read The Four Agreements. Really, really good, you know, self-help book, self-improvement book. I read a lot of poetry books. I think I read, um, you know, one of the books that I'm going to talk about later in this episode. I I read one of the copies um, while I was working at that coffee shop. Um, So, yeah, that's that's me. That's me specifically. You know, that Barnes & Noble meant a lot to me. And it was my dream when I wrote my book that I would get my book in that Barnes & Noble. But it's okay. You can still get your book in a Barnes and Noble. Yeah, and I will. And inshallah, you will. What about you? How's a? Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody knows you're you're a loco doco reader now. Um, but <laughs> have you have you always been like that, or did it just kind of like start? So my family, especially my mom's side, they are a very artistic family. Um, a lot of poets, writers, readers, educated. You know, my grandfather. Um, he was the headmaster of a school, so he emphasized education for my mom and my uncles and aunts, everyone. And so my family came from, you know, a family of like a lot of like educated readers and artistic people. Um, and so I think the, I think reading is kind of like a bridge to, to learn more and it like bridges your knowledge between like Bangladesh and America because a lot of the knowledge that they learned back in the day was through books and through media like that because TVs weren't as accessible and I guess they learned so much about America and the place that they were moving to through books and um, I think it was also a way to seem and also be more educated once they do move here because you know it's not it's nothing new that a lot of our parents and grandparents had to change their age to be younger. They had to, you know, make it seem like like a little bit younger. So they had more of an advantage to learn more stuff and fill in that gap in comparison to the people that already lived in America. So I think the books really prepared them for that. And also, it really helps them learn about their own culture and heritage. Like we all know that Bangla is one of the sweetest languages in the whole world you know and i think that also works along with just how cultural and how rich we are with with our roots in south asia in general you know so i think that's why literature is such a heavy thing in in south asia you know and you you read a book recently i forgot what the title of the book was but you read a book recently about like 
the Bangladeshi Revolution and like yep. what time was like in that time, right? Mm-hmm. I was going to talk about that too. Oh, yeah, like oh, I recently. It? Oh, we're getting right yeah, into it now. Not? All right, all right. So I recently, as I said, I had a you know a kick with the uh, my cultural books books about my my roots because it really helps you learn about historical things, things that you weren't there for, things that may be fiction in the writing but is based on true events. So you know, my mom would always tell me, my family in general would always tell me about the Bangladesh genocide. She would always tell me about the war, um, the aftermath, all of that. And yes, it was a lot of knowledge and I learned a lot. But at the end of the day, she didn't really experience it because she was too young to, you know. Um, I don't even think she was, I think she was barely born, you know. So, because it was in the 1970s. Um, So I recently read a book called A Golden Age by Tamima Amam. Mm. Amam? Tamima Aman or Aman. Mm -hmm. And um, it's about a book about the genocide. And it's so interesting because even though it is fiction, it is based on true events. And when you read an account like this and you actually feel what the characters are feeling and how they actually felt in real life scenarios years ago, it makes you feel, first of all, so connected to your roots because you're learning about history that has been erased basically in so many different countries and cultures you know i never learned about it in my history classes growing up i only learned about it from my mom so first of all it really bridges that that gap in knowledge and second it makes you feel so much closer because you're like wow i am so much more appreciative of my ancestors i'm so much more appreciative of where i came from because our people are so resilient so i highly recommend this book even if you're not bangladeshi but I think even if, you know, if you don't know anyone who went through this war or if your country didn't go through it, I think every single country, whether it's Bangladesh, whether it's Syria, whether it's Pakistan, whether whatever it is, we went through some sort of war and it has been kind of covered up. It's There's still so many wars and genocides going on now that are covered up. So I feel like regardless of if it relates to you completely, you should read a book like this because it makes you understand that our countries and our problems were never important enough to be talked about in the Eurocentric world. And it makes you think about how much our ancestors went through and are still going through um, outside of like the Western world, you know, and it shows us how privileged we are. It shows us why we should be grateful. And it shows us like the actual sacrifices and the actual roots. Oh, this is something else. The actual roots of why our parents are the way they are, where intergenerational trauma comes from. And it's just so interesting to see like an actual clear cut um, reasoning to why they are the way they are, you know. How much How much did you actually get out of reading that book? Like, were you that aware of everything that happened before you got into that book? And like, how do you feel like your relationship with just your culture and your identity has changed since you read that? So obviously, I didn't know a good amount of stuff about the war. I've always been knowledgeable about the genocide. I've always like told my friends about it. But reading it from an account that is like first person perspective or second person perspective, it really it like it was kind of triggering to read, honestly, because you can genuinely feel like the pain that the mother is going through when her son goes off to war to fight. Um, And you can feel you know, the, like the deaths happening, all of the behind the scenes, like gruesome activities that are happening. And it it makes you understand on a whole different level. And I think it makes you more empathetic. So I I really recommend it to everyone. Yeah, I recommend it to you too. I think the reasons why it, it gets hard for me sometimes, I just feel like I make up sometimes. And maybe it's just like me being impatient. Maybe it's me like just getting not bored, but just always kind of needing some sort of entertainment um like that's mm-hmm. why i like chess you know chess is like nah. it's like <laughs> back to chess. it's like it's like back and forth kind of like non-stop like it's with somebody else maybe i think it's hard when it's like by my- i think i would read a lot better if i was reading with you i just yeah need you every day to just you know read next to me yeah right i get it that's called body doubling where you need someone else to be productive and yeah. you know stay focused i think and i think sometimes i get um I get upset when I'm reading something and it's not as like enticing as I was hoping for. And then it just kind of like makes me upset. Like I feel like with like a YouTube video or like an article, I can just like exit. But like with that book, it's like, oh, maybe it'll get better in 20 pages. But 
in order to know if it gets better i have to read these next 20 pages um Mm -hmm. so i don't know maybe i make all these things up but i i love reading i love books i've i've gotten so much closer with my identity and my culture through through reading you know i i think i choose articles instead like i've told you this but like i'm i'm like reading up upon shit like all day like today i was like listening to uh to like a three-hour podcast just about like islam you know just like (laughs) when did you have time to do that (laughs) like i was working on this presentation all day but like i had this podcast playing in my headphones literally just about it was like three hours and ten minutes just like talking about just the history of islam (laughs) good for you um, so I love intaking and I think there's no way there's no better way to intake than through reading. It's it's very personal. It's very like once you get locked in a book, regardless of what's around around you, like you cannot get distracted if you're like if you get super into a book. Like I've I remember certain poetry books I've written and just like certain patches passages eh, passages I've um I've read through that's like once you really get in the zone, once you really get in the muse, like you really really feel it and i feel like that kind of only happens when you read something like that that same type of emotion hasn't happened to me when i've listened to something or when i've like watched something it's always just like something very like deeply personal like you and just your mind just like intaking something together yeah definitely environment has a big play on your reading process because obviously if there's constantly yelling outside like you know you're always needed by your parents or whatever it is it's gonna be hard for you to read but also people yeah. use reading as a way to escape from their reality, you know. But I think seeing you read, especially from this recent trip, I saw how much like actual undiagnosed ADHD I you had. I wasn't that bad. Because okay. Mashoon kept picking up this like short form poetry book and he kept like putting it down and closing it. And then he'd pick up his phone to do God knows what. <laughs> no, and then at one point like... we had to just like sit on his phone. That's like in the beginning stages. But when mm, I get into get it, into like it. I, I, I get, I have to like, you know, get in the groove. And yeah. when I get in the groove, you know, I'm in it. Yeah. You know, I'm but, telling um, you, I think you'd like the books that I recommended. But anyways, what's, yeah. what's, what's your, your, uh, you know, reading type, your favorite book that you've been reading? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'll start off with Hespun by Masha Munir. Hey, um, oh. I won't, I won't talk about it too much, but it's my poetry book. Um, poured my soul into it. It was uh, just like my passion project, you know, something that I've always wanted to make something like that. I wrote it for like two years, worked on it, illustrated it, made it myself. It's a it's a little it's a little ratchet. It's a little rinky dinky. But, you know, it's like it's, it's very true to myself. You know, it's very, very true to me. Um, I'm very proud of it. But, you know, and, me and um, you were talking about this recently, how you were telling me how you're still proud of your work and that's so rare i feel like especially for artists because it's natural to cringe at your old work it's natural to not like what you made in the past because obviously we all grow our tastes change we don't write the same we don't make the same art as we do before so i really like that you know you, you're still proud of something that you made a while ago and that you know i've, I've told you about lot. this like i've told you like that doesn't happen like it, it's funny um it was the day before the showcase. Um, my best friend Nick sent me a video of my very first spoken word performance that I completely I didn't know that he had a recording of that. And like I, I completely even forgot about that poem. And I was listening to it and like my voice was so high pitched. I was so nervous. I had like my big ass journal in my hands just reading through it and um I just think back at how much how many things I've made that I just like cringe over um even like early paintings of mine I'm like what was I thinking is stupid but um that book is literally like the only thing that you know I'm I'm really really proud you of talk so if about you haven't a gotten bit? a copy it's just it's just my story it's it's about my upbringing it's the story of you know a brown skin boy that uh you know had battling conflicts with his family his religion you know trying to appease both his you know the people in his community and appease his family him just uh figuring out life from like you know early teens late teens early 20s just uh just my pilgrimage and you know i've come to understand that a lot of people relate to it even if you don't relate to the story as a whole the book is 28 poems and you know i'm positive that you know one person in the whole world you know relates to at least one of those poems um i've gotten 
so many sweet, you know, just generous comments and like messages about how much they've loved the book, how many people have like bought the book for like their brother or for like another guy in their family. And it just means a lot to me. Um, so, and, and, you know, I still kind of like sit through and read it sometimes. Like I read it on the, on the flight to New York, just cause like, it's a, it's a pretty short read, but I, I think it has a lot of weight to it. What's the main demographic for this book? Um, brown skin boys, Muslim boys, South Asian boys, mm. age, I don't know, 18, 25, whatever age you are, you could, you could be 65, you could be six. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I don't know about six, um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, what about you? How, what is your favorite um, book by a South Asian author? If it isn't already the one that you said. Um, if it is, then what is another one? Wow. That's the thing. Sorry. It can't, you can't make me choose, you know? No? Like, obviously, we got Mashoom in here. But, like, beyond yeah. that, like, beyond yeah. just poetry books. Because Mashoom, honestly, he's the only poet that I really read besides, like, F.S. Yusuf and, like, Mashoom. I don't really mm-hmm. read, like, short form. I usually like novels. But not a South Asian author, but I love Khalid Husseini. Um, you know, I've mm. talked about him before. We Khaled all know Husseini. who Khalid Husseini is for the most part. Right. What we, are his books? You know, we, you know the Kite Runner, right? You know the Kite Runner. Kite Runner. Yeah, I we know. know. Mashun and I, well. we actually saw it on Broadway. And it was yeah, a really nice eye-opening um, experience to see something yeah, like that. Very like, intimate. Such a, a, a big, you know, emotional book be on like a Broadway theater. Um, yeah. But it's such a good book. It's... Um, it takes place in Afghanistan during the war. And I'm not going to spoil it. I'm, I'm not even talking about the kite runner. I'm talking about um, A Thousand Splendid Suns. That's by him. Mm. And um, what I really like about Hosseini's books is that it, it takes place in a country that's, um, you know, going through war. And it's talking about sacrifice by the mothers. It's talking about how women are silenced. It's talking about... Um, just like real life stuff that people have to go through and are still going through again because it's like based on real events and um i really highly recommend a a thousand splendid sons because it talks about like three generations of women and um just how much they have to sacrifice especially like one of the mothers it really shows you like a reflection of of like your own mother just a woman that has to go through a lot of abuse a woman that has to go through a lot to just you know keep the husband happy happy and to like stay in the house because she's not financially literate you know and it's just really interesting to see that you know these are things that our mothers have gone through and there are still so many mothers going through this and women going through this but it's a really good read i think it was one of like the first introductory books that got me into like this whole you know spiel of genres do you feel like reading that stuff helps uh you understand your mom a little bit more of like maybe some of the some of the things that you know you might disagree with her upon yep and then gives us content for the podcast oh wow you know yeah you know um you know i like i said like i haven't always been the biggest reader but i i think back at like just early movies that i've watched about you know like family dynamics that are similar to mine and um you know consuming art that is so like deeply relatable to you can really help you out Mm. um just gain a a brand new perspective on something that like you know something that you thought you knew the answer to or at least like you thought you had the full understanding of but um, yeah you know that's that's kind of like the beauty of art it it, it shows you a different way to look at something that you've might have seen your entire life you know Mm -hmm. like that that goes into like the second book that I was going to talk about um by Mr. Farhan Yusuf FS FS Yusuf mm, um Mr. Yusuf is you know I'm very proud to call him a dear friend of mine who's Yep, listen to, to our to, episode uh, with him where he was a guest. Oh yeah, yeah, we get we did it was an episode a fire with episode. Him. Mental health. But um you know, he is uh he's the author of four poetry books. Um he's a Pakistani American author. And a lot of his books are centered around love, um, love, romance, you know, distance, you know, feeling warm hearted towards somebody. And, um, you know, this it's always been difficult for me to uh, write about love, to write about romance, regardless of how much I might have felt. that. I wrote about it when I was younger, but, you know, subject matter changed over time. 
reading his book, it really gave me a a fresh understanding of how like, you know, a, a young brown man who's like 24, 25, 26 um, interprets love. You know, it doesn't always have to be about, you know, um, flowers and the sky and rainbows. Like, you know, he just wrote upon these subjects in a way that really helped me understand how I may go about love. And he wrote in a way that I would write about love. And um, I, I bring him up because he really helped me gain a fresh perspective on something that like, I just kind of like didn't give up on, but I was like, oh, like, that's not for me, you know? But um, I think it's also rare for brown men to express themselves like that in such a, like how society say it says it's like a feminine way, you know, it's very hard for brown men, especially to be vulnerable and to show their affection for their wives or their partners. And that's something that I really like about his work because he's not scared of judgment and he's like setting such a good example for other people like you to, you know, be vulnerable and show emotion. Yeah. What's one of your favorite books by him? Oh, um, I'll say my favorite. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Prayers of my youth. You, you literally took my answer. Okay. Mm. You know, that was my answer. My favorite is also prayers, prayers to my youth. Um, subject matter, very similar to my book. It was his first book. And my friend Swade also did the illustrations in there. He did. Didn't he do the illustration for like all of his books? Yeah. Mostly. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. We love a little South Asian collab. Hello, Pakistani. Yeah. We got Obey Swade. We got F.S. Yusuf for the writer. Yeah. We, we got cool Mashu friends, Munir though. as the Bangladeshi <laughs> writer. And now we yeah. got Labyrinth of Khan as an artist. Wow. Labyrinth yeah. Khan. Um, what, what about you? Give me, give me another. Uh, yeah, another good I got another book. one. Another you don't got to say. You don't even got to yeah, finish your sentence. I know. You got, you got infinite. <laughs> it was on the tip of my tongue. I would have. podcast. Yeah. So. I could do more, honestly. <laughs> but uh, since we're on the on the topic of... um you know a thousand splendid sons we're talking about women sacrificing we're talking about you know filling in that gap we're also talking about you know the lack of communication and empathy between two generations wow. right wow heavy so i got a book for you right? i know i know what you're gonna say i know you, i'll let you say it but like i know what you're gonna say good so earlier on this podcast i talked about you know a book that like really brought me into this wave of like south asian but like mostly children of immigrant books, you know, this whole new perspective that wasn't white centric. Right. So y'all heard of Amy Tan? Wow. Y'all I, heard I of like, y'all heard it. of Joy Luck Club? Oh my God. I see. So it. Joy Luck Club, apparently my mom also read it in her English class in really? in Hunter. In yeah, in uh, the college that I, I went to. I don't know if I she remembers like the yeah. plot. But it's a very big book. Um Amy mm-hmm. Tan was like notorious. I think in the 90s for her Asian American perspective and she really brought our perspectives to the forefront and I really fell in love with like her stories and her writing in general because she has a really good way of like I don't know how she does it I know she interviewed her mom to like get her perspective and stuff to like really get the the stories right but she basically like imagine a a girl like in our generation but it was like taking place in the 70s or 80s or whatever age group and then imagine like the mother who was born like during war she was born like the 20s 30s 40s whatever it is and there's a gap between the daughter and the mother because they're from different countries you know the mother came to america from china they're different ages the daughter has all this paranoia she's superstitious she has anxiety because that's what her mother drilled into her from a young age because of like the, you know, the different cultures, all this, this and that, whatever, right? So I feel like a lot of us can relate to this because especially as like South Asian daughters or anyone in general, I feel like we get told a lot of things that may affect us negatively as we get older. So that makes us maybe like despise our parents for raising us a certain type of way we're anxious about certain things we're not allowed to do sleepover like you know there's so many little things that we're not allowed to do or we grew up with and it makes you question like oh my god why can't my mom understand me why can't my dad understand me why can't they be more american whatever right so these books especially like anything by amy tan there's the kitchen god's wife there's um joy luck club mashuna and i also watched the documentary and uh, not the documentary the joy luck club the movie, movie. Yeah, on amazon really prime i also watched really amy good. tan's documentary on netflix 
because I'm Amy Tan Stan. Um, but anyway, there's um, the bone setter's daughter that I just read recently. Mm-hmm. But she is able to like beautifully connect these different generations and bridge that communication between um, the daughters and like the kids, basically. And it's so nice to hear like a very reaffirming perspective from the daughter who's like telling you, you know, oh, this is why like there's this weird connection because my mom said this, blah, blah, blah. And then by yeah. the end of it, there's kind of like an understanding of why they are like that and why the daughter is like that you know and it's like it's not a perfect ending it's not a perfect story but that's like how life is you know are there any uh any books that come to mind that maybe you read like a little too early in your life that you maybe want to like try it again um maybe like a book that like somebody told you was really good and like you read a long time and you didn't think it was that good but like anything you want to give like a second chance um I heard really good things about The Alchemist. I remember I read it when I was still living uh, at home. Yeah. I, I really did not like that it. book. Why not? I, I didn't like it. it. I feel like it was all like basic knowledge and it was all mm. just like things I already knew, you know, but I've heard so many hard ravings about that book and I yeah. just felt kind of dumb when I didn't like it. You're not dumb. Thanks. What's your next book? Um... I got one kind of talked about before, but really left an imprint on me. And after I talked about it, I returned to it because I needed some inspiration for uh, this new poem that I was writing. And it actually, I I actually did drive some inspiration from it. It was the poem that, you know, I just uh, made a little spoken word piece on my Instagram. Mm. You know, uh, one of the, a few of the poems from this particular book helped me forge that poem that I spoke. Um, It's called Rifka by muhammad el kurd yeah you, so you guys say. about it before i would love to send it to you because i think you would really really like it it's same kind of like I'm, i wouldn't even disrespect it saying it's the same as mine um it's it's a lot more like real life um his book it's Is it's he rifka, he's he's palestinian mm. Rifka is the name of Muhammad el Kurd's grandmother who has lived in Palestine since, I believe, the 1930s, who had lived through the Nakba, who has lived through the apartheid in Mm. Palestine for the last however many decades since the creation of the state of Israel. Um, And it's really just like like first person point of view stories that that muhammad elkard's grandmother has shared with muhammad and muhammad is now one of like the leading palestinian journalists who had been um you know documenting a lot of what's been going on in gaza and sheikh Jarrah over the last like however many years um and his book has become extremely prolific it's a very heavy read but a lot of the poems and a lot of the writing in it is very 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 deeply heartfelt and it's really inspired a lot of my writing his style of writing is very similar to mine the way that he goes about conveying his messages and the way that he goes about you know making sure you 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 remember a line you remember something out of each poem um and like he's not scared to you know be honest with what that life is is like and you know he's been arrested multiple times for like how much he he uh represents palestine and he's been like all over media like good or bad he's a very inspiring human to me um i've been following his journey for a long time and i think his book is amazing not south asian but still i feel very personally connected to it and um i i highly highly recommend you know if if it's it's kind of like if you have a base understanding of the Israel-Palestine conflict and situation, it's, um, you know, because I was just saying how I was listening to this podcast um, on Islam. It's a podcast with Omar Soliman with Lex Friedman. I highly recommend you guys watch it too. Um, he talked a little bit about the Israel-Palestine conflict and, and Omar is Palestinian as well. And Lex was like, oh, do you think it would be a good idea to go to Israel and to um interview the leaders on both sides and omar was like don't interview the leaders interview the people interview the people who are getting kicked out of their houses interview the people because the the people are who reflect real life and that's essentially what this book is um so i really really like it i love it 
you know, I, love that. I really i really uh, me, you know recommend it it reminds me of the movie that we watched on netflix called farha yeah heavy stuff huh yeah but real life stuff that people are going through it's true i i urge anybody to um you know it's one of my kind of like goals for this year is to just know more like know more about the world like this is even like i'm not even talking about history like this stuff is going on right now like right now you're listening to this right now there's something going on on the other side of the world that like is inhumane and you cannot imagine and that's real life and it's our duty as the privileged people in the western world to at least know at least know maybe we can work on doing an action but at least know that's the bare minimum that we can do yeah you also have to be careful because there are so many books and media in general that's just like false propaganda so you'll just have to like do your research and make sure what you're reading is valid and And know um, both sides yeah know both sides but that actually brings me to my next recommendation because that oh wow that what you said it's like you learn so much about the world in the book the namesake that i just read there was a quote in there something like why do you have to travel when you can just read books wow yeah it was something like that obviously say that again say that again say that again say that again why do you have to travel when you can just read books that's a that's a quote yeah that quote was definitely butchered it was definitely not the right quote it was definitely (laughs) like the little you know flair in me that made it so wrong but it was something Mm. like that where it's like you know we have the means of everything at the finger at our fingertips that could be through our phone but why not through our books we're learning so much about the world and learning about so many different perspectives without even having to be there but anyway i just read a book called the namesake thank y'all for recommending it to me it was a good recommendation that y'all had for me it was a good one i found it very luckily at a thrift store and i just had to grab it oh i found it within like five seconds of me entering it was a good win um but anyway the namesake I, after I read it, y'all told me to watch the movie, and y'all told me to watch it with my family, which I did. And I don't know if that was the best move because, first <laughs> of all, there was a lot of nudity in it. Yeah, beware. My mother was not very happy about that. Yeah, she's Second, mad. my brother fell asleep within five minutes. All right. Third, my nine-year-old cousin was with me, and oh, thank God, God she enough. fell asleep within ten <laughs> minutes because that movie would not have sufficed for her right but anyway Nine. this book was really good it was a 10 out of 10 in my eyes because it's it's basically about um like a family moving from india and the son growing up and i mean it's a very like common story for people like us that grew up in america hating their culture because they wanted to whitewash and they wanted to be american they wanted to fit in so it was basically talking about how he wanted to change his name he was only dating white people because he was like so in love with the fact that they were so unlike his parents because the parents like of the girl that he was dating like did white people stuff like i don't know drink wine like they actually held hands like you know things like that um so it just basically showed his his reasoning for why he wanted to not be brown anymore and it really took him like a lot of traumatic events to understand the meaning behind his name, why his father gave him that name, the beauty in his culture, why, you know, it took him so long to finally like have that self-discovery. So it's a really good read. I really recommend it. Maybe watch the movie by yourself after you yeah. read it. <laughs> no, but a, um, yeah. it was it was a good one. I really liked it. Yeah. You found that at the thrift store? Yeah. Which, which thrift store? It's the one in Woodside in queens oh yeah girl yeah it was a good one good one yeah any any last one from you um i mean if you need some inspo you know i got my highlights in my instagram i think the last one that i want to talk about is the daughters or not the daughters of smoke and fire which is by Mm. the author ava homa and it's also a really good book about the silencing of women um feminism is talking about like the elder sister younger brother dynamic how much she went through to like free him and save him and um just like the power of women and it's a really good empowerment book especially um in a society that is trying to literally silence women make them covered up don't want to they don't want to give them a voice so it's a really good read i liked it i finished it last year good he's such a reader yeah it's pretty new i got the time now i got you know at least 15 minutes a day 
is my new mantra. All right. So as you guys know, we finish our episodes with a little response session. You guys can send in your responses on our story at Difficultish on Instagram so you can be a part of our story. So we kind of just wanted to, you know, do a little quick round of just books that y'all recommended to us. And, mm. um, you know, I, I think it's just nice to have a little surplus of recommendations that y'all can, you know, yeah. look at. Yeah. So someone said, Tinkle Comics. Tinkle Comics? Yeah, it looks like it's a kid's comics thing. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That yeah. Makes sense. But, yeah, for the kids. you know, we didn't do any research about these books, so I, we hope it's good. <laughs> but someone said Tinkle Comics, so I hope it's good. For the kids. If yeah, you're, for if the you're kids. seven and you're listening. To heal your inner child. Maybe you can read it again. <laughs> All right. The next one is Erotic Stories for Punjabi Widows is the best book I've wow. ever read. Wow that's interesting stories i feel like that's very um underground like you don't really hear about that so i'm glad you want some erotic stories there you go yeah nice uh, eroticism someone said interpreter of maladies by jumpa lahiri so jumpa lahiri is actually the same author that wrote the namesake so i trust this recommendation it says is she popular yeah she is popular they wrote it's it shows different south asian perspectives which i love good i agree Love that too. Jumpa. Jumpa. Someone Jumpa. said henna artist. All right. So I have oh, something to say yeah. about this. You got thoughts. You got thoughts. I got Go thoughts ahead. because I read the henna artist as well. And I'm not going to say that I didn't like it. I did like it. There were good themes in there about, you know, caste systems, about the older sister, younger sister dynamic, this and that, which is great. Yeah. But in my opinion, I feel like it was a little bit drawn out. You know, I feel like it was kind of mm-hmm. repetitive. It was hard for me to get through, but that's just me. You know, I know a lot of people yeah. loved it. So that's just my yeah. opinion. Someone said, growing up, their dad recited the poem Bidrohi at the top of his lungs whenever he could. It's a poem by Ghazi Nazrul Islam, and it means okay. the rebel. Oh, my mom I've, loves where have I, yeah, yeah, I've anything like this. Yeah. Yeah. Something about Bangladeshi parents. They just really be reciting the poems at the top of their lungs. Your mom like, loves poetry. Yeah. My mom is. The other day at our at our event in the New York City showcase, she just started getting patriotic out of nowhere. She like put her <laughs> hands up, like her whole arms up, like she was at a little freaking. Did she really? Yes, she was. Wow. She literally I put her know. hands up like she was at a protest, and God Good. knows what she did, but she screamed something. And I was like, "What's the <laughs> reasoning? <laughs> yeah, what's the reasoning, man?" Uh, but she yeah. also said some book recs are The Kite Runner, A Place for Us, and A Thousand Splendid Sons. I agree. I am currently reading yeah. A Place Haven't for Us. You? Yeah, you're reading that right now. Yeah. Yeah. God, you're a freaking connoisseur. Yeah. Man, if you're listening, if you're listening this far, you got you got a lot of books to, to get on. Yeah. What, what what's your what's your like what's your like start? Like if, if somebody listened to this podcast um and they want like one to start with, like which one's like a, a starter for you? Well, the thing about me is that I like heavy books, right? Oh, okay. So the thing yeah. about me is that I only get intrigued when it's a heavy book because mm. I, well, not heavy, more like when it's related to my life story or like related to like things that I've gone yeah. through. But I also like the easy books because once in a while you need something that you can just breeze through, not much to think yeah. about. So those are good sometimes. So for example, I would recommend like mystery books because i feel like that's like a page turner so i don't really know any south asian ones but i really like the book verity that was the first book that i finished in a one sitting i like the trauma oh, wow that's that's not something good to like yeah sorry you should like you know just mushrooms and burgers i do um you can start off with mine if you want you know but yours is also like a hard like you gotta but sit it's, down. It's it's quick. It's, it's quick. quick. Like one. it doesn't it doesn't last long. It's you know? a quick it's just one. Like, yeah. Boop 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 boop. boop. Oh wow. You're done. Yeah. That's all right. Cool. Well, you got any ten second advice? You got any? Um. I know we're almost done with January, but if if you feel like you're lacking with your New Year's resolutions, I promise it's not too late. Just because the New Year started, just because we're four weeks in, it's not too late. Agreed. If you had a rough start, a lot of people had a rough start. I think I had a pretty rough start. I'm not going to lie. Last couple of weeks have been a little stressful. I've been a little bit behind on my goals. I'm not going to stop. I think a lot of people kind of give up in the beginning. They're like, oh, missed the, you know, missed the, missed the mark. 
Might as mm-hmm. well just give up for mm-hmm. the rest of my year. It's a marathon, not a race. Mm-hmm. You know, you still got a lot of time, a lot of time. You know, so if you if you had a slow start to your year, pick up the pace. It's okay. That's a good one. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah, I know. It's okay to have slow days. It's okay to have bad days. It's a bad day, not a right. bad life. Right. There yeah. you go. Good. Nice. Yeah. Ten seconds. Oh, is that yours or are you just like summarizing? No, I'll them? think of one, but right. just uh, give me, uh, give me a sec. Give yeah, me a you sec. weren't expecting me to get, you know, that like off the dome. Mine is because I've been doing this a lot lately, especially the past few days. I've been on my screen. I mean, I work from home. I'm constantly on my screen. I've been on my laptop screen and my iPad and phone screen for a long time the past mm-hmm. few days. And even when I'm done working, I've been like just scrolling. And it's been really like affecting my sleep and like affecting my eyes and, you know, yeah. making me feel like groggy. So just get off your phone, get off your phone, find something productive. Even if you're on your phone, just like close your eyes for a second, wear those like blue light glasses, put like yeah. those eye masks on like something, you know? Yeah. yeah. I need to do Good it one. too. I need to take my own advice. Yeah. Try and try out some melatonin. In. Yeah. Or as yeah. your sister said, melanin. <laughs> <laughs> Take some melanin said? at night, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, do it. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Go. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing else. Thank you so much for listening. We love you guys so much. What should they comment? Um, If you listen this far, comment a quick little um burger. <laughs> That's how you know we're tired. Thank Maybe you. drop, you know, your favorite type of burger or something. I don't know, whatever. Thank you guys for listening. Give us a give us a five, not a four, not a three, a five. Give us a review. Call us, you know, pretty. Say nice things about us. Follow us on Instagram. Follow the podcast. Follow the Instagram. Follow the podcast. TikTok, Instagram, everything. And stay blessed. Stay blessed. Stay blessed. All right, we love you. Allah Hafiz. Allah See you next week.